This reminds me of my first experience in radio was back in the early 80s. People with disability and mental health. There's always controversy with us. The mysteries of the mind and consciousness. And we might get to the bottom of something or we might start something new. We're going to run the gamut and we're going to have a good time. Waking Braves. No, not Waking Braves. We're Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves? Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves. Hello, Sam. Hello, Miss Elsa. I never expect to see you again. It's been a long time. Yes, ma'am. A lot Hello, of water Sam. under the Hello, Miss Elsa. I never expect to see Some you again. Some of the old songs, Sam. Yes, ma'am. It's been a long time. Yes, ma'am. A lot mm -hmm. of water under the bridge. Some of the old songs, Sam. Yes, ma'am. Where is Rick? And that was, of course, Casablanca the precursor to that famous song, As Time Goes By. And we're back. On Breaking Waves, Riley. And John. And we're bringing you this week our third and final show from this series, and it's going to be all about nostalgia. We're going to be unpacking the concept of nostalgia, what it is. And what it means for us and for the world at large, because... Nostalgia can mean different things for different people. It's a very personal thing, but it's also something that can be shared by generations, and it's something that a lot of interest in the world profit off as far as marketing, advertising, even political maneuvering as well. Yeah, uh, nostalgia is a relationship with the past, with um, usually pleasant things, uh, keeping with our theme last week of pleasure it's usually a pleasurable thing to uh, have nostalgic memories of of the past fond happy memories of people places and things in uh, the near distant or sometimes way back when we were little kids and i think it's a uh, tendency of every generation to have a sense of nostalgia, a sense of fondness for the past, and how intensely or what people's relationship is to that obviously varies, you know, because some people can get like so in love with the past that they are blind to some of the flaws or the problems that were going on, then other people can really appreciate it but also acknowledge, you know, hey, no time is perfect. Yeah, that's like romanticizing. Um things mm. from the past that weren't necessarily all good, but we kind of have these golden memories of yeah of things in the past. They say that you're looking at things with the rose-tinted spectacles. Yeah, and as you said, it's a very personal thing. We all have our own um, experience of pleasure, and it can vary hugely. But as you said, Riley, um, there are general themes Cultural landmarks, I guess, kind of like yo-yo season. <laughs> they kind of um, reappear, and they appear in all different of our different forms of remembering the past. And that's something that's changed quite a lot over time. Of course, thousands of years ago, there weren't that many ways for us to record our memories. Mm, yeah, and now. <laughs> Everything is uh, recorded in minute detail. So there's been quite a big change, even um, in my lifetime, in the ways that a nostalgia appears. Yeah, that's interesting because 
I guess when you were growing up that you had things you would have had to rifle through your parents old record player or something right to well here's one for you photo albums mm. photo albums were huge when i was a kid every every family had photo albums and you would <laughs> look through them and it would put you back there in the past yeah we'd mm. relive the past and photo albums are i i was probably like the last generation i would say to grow up with them like i think there's there's still some baby photos of my brother but um really for po- people a bit younger than me like gen z everything's just on a phone on a computer and people don't really bother to get things developed or into physical copies anymore so much yeah everything's on the phone never makes it the hard copy plus those old photos were just so beautiful those beautiful glossy prints, even the black and white stuff, is um, uh, spectacular compared to <laughs> compared to the output of most bubble jet printers. But um, certainly, uh, it's it's an heirloom that I value greatly. Is the family photo albums, the pictures of mm. uh, my mum and dad and their parents and uh, their parents, and you know, when I was a little kid and the places we lived. Yeah, there's lots of nostalgia in there. Do you think it's possible to be nostalgic for a time before you were born? Absolutely. I think that we, you yeah. know, through film, there's a great example of... Um, or just through um, having a family member recount a nostalgic memory, it kind of becomes your <laughs> nostalgic memory sometimes. I think about my, my grandparents singing the songs that they sung when they were kids or, you know, when they were younger. And that's kind of got imprinted onto my memory of the past. And memories are funny things. They're, um, you know, even if you have the same people in a room witnessing something happened, they can all have completely different memories of that event and of course lawyers and judges and know this very well that um even though a lot of people are are convicted with um uh first person witness sort of testimony that um quite often people will see completely different things Mm. who are in the same place so we and then the other thing about um memories is that each time we remember an event we actually rewrite that memory and we uh, tend to embellish it without even mm. knowing we're doing it <laughs> so memories can change quite a lot and it's quite difficult to ha- have objectivity over this process mm. and also as well if there's like a shared experience people can be focusing on different things so even though they'll be like telling about the same experience but they'll have a different perspective of it because there'll be things that you know the other person didn't notice and vice versa yeah like one person's horror memory is another person's nostalgic (laughs) feel good perhaps yeah and it's to the past that we will often return to 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 feel good to look upon things fondly and that brings us into a piece of music from an american artist called Mixum Tune, who's uh, of a similar generation to me. She's five years younger than me, but definitely nostalgic for similar kinds of things. So, And this song is called Victim of Nostalgia. 
So, John and I have discussed the idea that generally there's this 30-year yo-yo season, as you call it, John, in which things that were popular 30 years prior in in that decade tend to come back. So, I guess an example of that would be the 60s thing going on in the 90s with a lot of uh, reappraisal of the psychedelic culture and wearing that kind of fashion, at least. Yeah, it seems to be tied in with a generational thing to me. And since at any one point in time, there's usually about three generations still alive, granddad and the grandkids. Um, and each of those uh, different groups has kind of lived in a different world, really, and because ha- um, things change, you know. Mm. And it's that's also the period, about 30 years, that it takes a human to really grow up and become not only in a, a biological sense, but, um, you know, mentally and spiritually. You don't get mature till you get to about 30. Um, and this seems to be the, the period where a lot of cycles of nostalgia come from, uh, contained within. Yeah, and... We grow up, as you say, like with the the generational access from our parents or grandparents or whatever it may be. And I would put the idea out there that I think my parents' generation, my parents are baby boomers. They're a bit of the younger side of baby boomer, but they still fit into that margin. And I think that their generation the way in which they 
the nostalgia was sort of harnessed and accessed by like the film and entertainment industry, I think it was on a bigger scale and a more grand scale than other generations that had a more sort of lasting cultural dominance because if you look at, um, I'll just think of the 70s, so the musical Grease, which is kind of the shrine to stuff that was going on only 12 years earlier. Um, but they really just deified this this era. The same thing for American Graffiti coming out in 1973 and only being set 11 years in the past. Normally, for, some, for culture to be that venerated and worshipped, it normally takes more time for the for those kind of totemic products to be created around it. You know, people are still, like, respect and love the Nirvana's music and the Seattle grunge scene, but, like, ten, minute, 10 years after Nirvana, you didn't get people putting on these huge shows of, like, Nirvana the musical and movie theatres filled with that kind of n- nostalgia for that era. So I think the boomers, for that time of, like, the late 50s into the 60s and then of course like a band like the rolling stones selling out arenas in their 70s and just keeping this thing alive i think the boomers uh they do nostalgia bigger they go harder than anyone else for whatever reason or at least that's how it's manifested culturally well of course the boomers came from the post-world war ii period which was an explosion in prosperity and opportunity in um, advancing of uh, technology and a rapid change in the way people live their lives and the kinds of um, entertainments um, Mm. and even the amount of leisure time that they had. It was a, a huge change for people and perhaps this precipitated an explosion of nostalgia um, both culturally um, I think personal nostalgia has probably um, you know always been a thing of course perhaps no one since the boomers has done it quite on such a, a big scale but when we think of the what we played up the top from a 1942 movie the silent generation who were born before World War Two, and you know, grew up in the Great Depression, everything they do have a lot of nostalgia for times that were difficult, times that were trying, and people really had to bandy together. And so it's kind of a, it's more of a bittersweet nostalgia. It's a nostalgia for a time of um, hardship, a different sort of energy to it, but still very much um, nostalgic. But I think with war, it's one of those things where like. You have to be there to really understand it. And I think uh, the boomers created a kind of party that uh, people were still invited to decades later that weren't around, you know, for for those kind of times. Well, with regard to war, it was a shared experience and it was shared amongst vast numbers of people it affected just about everybody you know these uh, kinds of experiences things that we remember quite vividly and you know as we as we mentioned in the very first episode on pain sometimes there's a fine line between pleasure and pain and the memory of those things can be a great source for nostalgic memories indeed and 
What kind of uh, nostalgia do you think that we're going through at the moment, John, as a culture? Because I, I notice a lot of 90s stuff going on, like in keeping with that 30-year rule. There's a lot of 90s music uh, all over that new Batman movie, and a lot of the TV shows are being set in the 90s now. Yeah, well, as far as cultural uh, use of nostalgia, you've just got to turn on the television, basically, or any other form of um, advertisement, uh, because it's heavily used in marketing. It's a trigger for people to feel good, and associating good feelings with products is how things get sold a lot of the time. And you kind of notice this if you listen to the music in ads. Um, I noticed a dragon song being used recently in a... I think it's an insurance ad. Yeah. Um, and the song, um, It Don't Matter What You Do, I'm Still yeah. In Love With You, that one. And uh, that that's nostalgic for me because I actually worked with Dragon. So it takes me back when I hear that ad. But you kind of think, oh, wow, how did that uh, how did that get in there? I guess the record executives are my age now. <laughs> and, and that's nostalgia for them. So... Um, they know them, but their audience well. Exactly. They know the people that are going to be thinking about life insurance. And yep. that's their era. We have a clip now from the TV series Mad Men, which started in 2007, an era that I'm definitely nostalgic for, but it was set in the late 50s. Technology is a glittering lure, but uh, there's the rare occasion when the public can be engaged on a level beyond flash. If they have a sentimental bond with the product. My first job, I was in-house at a fur company with this old pro copywriter, Greek, named Teddy. And Teddy told me the most important idea in advertising is new. It creates an itch. You simply put your product in there as a kind of calamine lotion. But he also talked about a deeper bond with the product. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent. Sweetheart. Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart, far more powerful than memory alone. This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. It goes backwards and forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. It let's us travel the way a child travels. Around and around, and back home again. place where we know we are loved. 
And I've actually called up the definition. Don Draper was right, it seems, about the Greek meaning. Uh, the word nostalgia is learned from a Greek compound consisting of nostos, meaning homecoming, and the word algos, meaning sorrow or despair. And it was coined by a 17th century medical student to describe the anxieties displayed by Swiss mercenaries fighting away from home. Described as a medical condition, a form of melancholy in the early modern period, it became an important trope in romanticism. Nostalgia is associated with yearning for the past, its personalities, possibilities, events, especially for the good old days or a warm childhood. So it's interesting that looking back on something is seen as like a as a negative thing, as a disorder. And I noticed that they use the word sentimentality for the past, and the word sentimentality is often used in a way that's derisive, like oh that movie was so sentimental, or sentimental people are like don't belong in politics or how what have you you know so that's interesting that there's this it is this real yeah flip side of well and of course this is the thing about language both written and spoken but particularly spoken languages it's constantly in a state of change um and <laughs> i think you have hundreds of examples of um words that have definitions that are the opposite of the way they're used mm. in common usage so there's another example nostalgia I would have never thought that its origins came from the idea of trauma or bad memories, particularly in light of the way it's used in marketing to trigger good memories in people and sell things to them. But there you go, English. What what can I say? Yes, it has. The definition has changed greatly over time. So, Riley, tell me, what are some uh, things that trigger nostalgia for you, or perhaps that? Uh, take you back to when you were a kid? So that's a good question, John. The other day I went out to a bar and the bartender noted the fact that he was like, wow, you've got a lot of 90s nostalgia going on because I was wearing a Mortal Kombat hat, which is a video game, and I had a Goosebumps shirt, which I'm wearing at the moment, Goosebumps being a children's horror franchise from the 90s. And this was stuff that really started, you know, before I was born, but it was still around and still popular when I was when I was a kid. And so, yeah, 90s culture um, videos, part of the reason I still like collecting DVDs because it reminds me of that time when video stores were a thing. I miss that whole experience a lot. And I think a lot of people from my generation are because we were really the last generation that, got to have that I guess a little bit of some zoomers as well but like the streaming stuff really took hold in this country about seven years ago I guess but the the video stores were starting to die you know five years before that but yeah I just I missed that communal experience of going there with your friends or your family and putting together a pile of VHS or DVDs as time went on yeah, that's interesting you mentioned uh, clothes. I guess uh, we literally wear our nostalgia on our sleeves, as a figure of speech says, when it comes to um, the clothes we like to wear. And certainly um, you can 
you can quite often tell a lot about a person by the clothes they're wearing and what particularly if they're not in kind of in sync with current uh, fashion or trends my fashion sense has always been sort of anti-fashion <laughs> so if it's fashionable i tend not to wear it i i i uh, you know don't like things with brands and labels on them or logos or signs um always stayed away from that kind of thing fashion <laughs> that's something that comes in cycles like yo-yo season uh flared jeans you know uh, uh stretch jeans mm. tight leg jeans we just went through a period where you couldn't buy a pair of jeans uh like bootleg jeans i think we're we're out of that phase now i think you can buy regular jeans now <laughs> but there, there was a while there everybody was in skinny jeans so what about you, John? What are you nostalgic about? Well, the thing that um, has always taken me back uh, to good memories and bad ones sometimes but is music. Um, I hear a piece of music and it takes me back to periods in my life and quite vividly. I mean, in a, in a movie like Technicolor Sense, mm. if I hear Nancy Sinatra singing Those Boots Are Made For Walking, this takes me right back to the kitchen in um, the house I lived in when I was four years old and my mama peeling a mango from the tree out the back while Nancy Sinatra played on the ABC radio. Um, And that song came out in 1966. That's about when it was. (laughs) And talk about yo-yo season, John. Uh, When I was 10 years old, there was a popular cover version by Jessica Simpson that brought the song into uh, my generation. So there you go. And the for Gen Xs, they got a Billy Ray Cyrus version in 1992. <laughs> so you know, uh, yeah, they they keep it going, don't they? Yeah, um, kind of nostalgic reruns. Yeah, and of course, there's things that just never go away. Um, one of the examples is like the comic book characters that were created about a hundred years ago, and they just keep getting redone by different actors, different movies and cartoons and new lines of comics, and they just stay around in the culture and just get rebranded, reborn. Yeah. We're coming to the end of the show, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. We hope you've enjoyed our uh, nostalgic memories. And unpacking of the uh, the idea of pleasant memories. And we'll be back in six weeks' time. And we'll see you then. Some of the old songs, Sam. Yes, ma'am.
Listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au.